0: You are listening in on Leap. Today we are continuing the conversation about the DIR floor time model. Today's episode features Leap Forward's senior speech and language pathologist Tyler Schaut.
1: Last time we talked about I feel like we talked a little bit about some history right. and we covered some background information where where DIR came from. Um and then I know that, you know, we kind of, we talked a little bit about the D itself, the I itself, the R itself. And we talked about the D being that the development part and kind of the the big overarching themes of, of child development. Right. Um, and then we talked about the, those, you know, developing stages that make up the D. Um, we call them the functional, emotional, developmental capacities and DIR, the FEDCs. And um, and then we had started to kind of like dive into a handful of the levels. Right. We talked about level one, regulation and, engage- regulation and shared attention. Mm-hmm. We talked about level two, engagement, that kind of, Stanley Greenspan used to call it the gleam in the eye, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of bright smile that lets you know that a child is really enjoying this moment. Um, and then in level three we talked about reciprocity and two-way signaling and you know uh, how kids can hold on to that engaged state so they're walking into level three feeling happy and and motivated to be in the moment Um, and in level three they're you know actively using their bodies and using strategies that help them stay in that moment so they're you know letting us know that they really like this tickle game by cooing or babbling or signaling or saying more or saying do it again mommy um and so that was that that level three piece the uh the two-way communication and reciprocity and i think that was where we wrapped up
0: right and we gave some resources as far as the perfectum parent toolbox and some different spaces where people can um go online and, and look at a few more examples and where they can kind of take a deep dive into um, some of the resources that we use as well as some books. So um, I think we we kind of gave a little bit of an overview and I think our goal today is to go into um, a couple more of the levels, mm-hmm. talk a little bit more um, in depth with the next group of levels if sure. we see what we, we can cover in mm-hmm. the time span. Yeah, um, And then- I was really
1: thinking about um tackling level four and then and then kind of brushing up against level five and but it starts to get a little complicated in level five in the weeds four and five yeah we're, <laughs> we're really diving deep great um but i thought we could at least kind of brush up against it
0: great i i look forward to it yeah
1: cool um so do we want to just head straight there yeah talk about level four
0: yeah Let's dive in. And you can always resource. You can always go back to listen, listening to the DIR um, levels one through three because we will always have that podcast available on yeah. listening it on Leap, iTunes, as well as um, our website. Right,
1: right. Um, and and you know we can still continue this conversation too beyond just the FedCs. That that's a, you know just only one component of mm-hmm. what we're thinking about when we're using this this model and using this relationship focused framework. You know, that the the development itself is a really important part, but it is only one part. There's still this whole world of individual differences and kind of the individual and unique ways that we all process information around us, which of course affects the development. But, um, you know, that's a whole nother piece to kind of think about. Um, We could talk about techniques and strategies. We could talk, you know, about a, a hundred other things, but. Um, for now, just because we we've already kind of started the the discussion of the FedCs, I I say let's let's keep going. Yes, because it's exciting. Yeah. Um,
0: we have plenty of podcasts for plenty of days. Yeah, yeah, we got time. We've got time. <laughs> uh,
1: so okay, so level four, um, level four is I pause because there's just so much to talk about when we talk about. What happens right after kids are, and, and again, in the earliest levels of development, young babies are signaling their caregivers to keep an interaction going, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That's what level three is. And so right after that, things really just start exploding for this young mind. There's lots of things going on in development, lots of things kind of converging all at once, lots of pre-linguistic skills are happening there. So those are all the linguistic skills, all the skills that are happening right before children start to use words, mm-hmm. start to understand and use words. So lots of kind of gestures happening, lots of meaning is being exchanged. Um, but then there's also the convergence of all these new motor skills that are happening too. Mm-hmm. So in typical development, I'm thinking about kind of like a young nine eight nine, ten month old. Um, lots and lots of fun new skills so these kids are starting to move they're starting to explore, they're putting things in their mouths Mm -hmm. they are uh, crawling and kind of getting a whole new view of the world on the move their senses are kind of moving in a different way now that their body is oriented in all these different directions we've got the language thing kicking in, Uh, they're starting to play these fun little interesting games you know, stinky feet and where's mommy and all of these things, you know. So it it's really a, an exciting, exciting time in development. Babies are doing lots of fun new things and all of that kind of coincides with FEDC 4, level 4. Um, and because so much is going on, there's lots of different ways to talk about level 4 and lots of different labels that we give it. One label that I that I like to give it, and that we talk about in the literature, is uh, complex problem solving. So that's one way to think about what level four is. Um, that to
0: me, as an outsider, uh-huh. feels like a really nice label a nice way for me to be like cool instead of like a bunch of acronyms and like okay what are we saying what is that feels like okay cool that has a concrete thing that I can grasp onto and understand even when you just said it like that complex problem solving. there we go
1: yeah yeah it's a it's a nice way to initially think about it um occasionally I think that that label is a little bit deceiving in that um when we tell, sometimes when we tell parents or other clinicians that in level four we're interested in complex problem solving, we, a lot of people think that, oh, you know, easy. We just have to help our kid like find the answers to like things that are tricky or find the uh, solution when there's a, a problem going on. And that's a part of the part of what's going on here and kids are able at at this age they're able to get to solutions more easily on their own Mm -hmm. that's another important part of this level on their own and independence but it's not so much about the solution or the answer. It's about the process that it takes to get to that solution. So level four is much, 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 much more about the journey to the solution than it is about the actual answer. Got it. So, so like let's the take,
0: trial and errors and like yes, all of the pieces.
1: Exactly. Trial and error is a great, great label for that. So let's say the, um, the, the problem is, I don't know um i want this toy that's up on a high shelf you know uh baby's the let's say 10 months old is 11 months old really able to point to his favorite toy that's up high on the shelf um and dad comes over and said and you know baby's kind of eh, eh, making some noises and dad's like oh what what's going on here what, what can i do what's the problem and the baby kind of points up there and dad says like oh this thing and you know he grabs maybe the wrong toy and puts it down in front of the baby and then maybe dad's cell phone rings so he walks away right so baby is like oh man this is not the toy i wanted (laughs) you totally got this wrong (laughs) dad um so a kid who's at level four can kind of like mom
0: comes in and goes of course (laughs) you got this wrong i would have solved that one come on just kidding just Um, kidding dad's
1: Baby, you know, who, a baby who's at level four is able to kind of persist past that issue. Throws a toy. And say, dad, really listen to me. <laughs> yeah. this, is the, this is the toy I'm talking about. So he might go over to dad who's on the phone and like pull on his pant leg and, and guide him back to the toy shelf and, and really kind of make sure that he knows which toy it is that he wants. Um, okay. Persistence is a really, really important factor at level four gotcha we want to make sure that kids are able to kind of push past these little snags in their day you know okay um and if we think about how level four is coming off of level three that reciprocity stage you know i think we might have talked about the peekaboo example Mm -hmm. in level three kind of you know mommy's face goes away and then she comes back peekaboo and maybe baby pulls on the on the little blanket and has mom do it again you know Um, and then, and then mom might just kind of hold the blanket in front of her face and say like, oh, what's, what's baby going to do if, if mommy doesn't come back or doesn't pull the little blanket down? Um, will the baby come and look for mom? Will the baby make some kind of noise and kind of persist past this little snag that came in the interaction? So the persistence thing is, is really, really key. So, so yeah, that's what we mean by complex problem solving and solving problems in general again not necessarily about the solution but about all the trial and error and the journey that it takes to get there got it um another part that kind of comes along with this and and we kind of foreshadowed this just a minute ago when we were talking about independence Mm -hmm. another name that we use to talk about level four is uh, the emergence of the sense of self. Sense of self is one of those like complex psychological terms, but really it boils down to kind of... Still
0: working on it yeah, in your 30s. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's still <I> cooking. Think
0: <laughs> in your 60s, you're still working on an emergent sense still of self.
1: Cooking. Um And in the very, very beginning, sense of self kind of comes around when we realize that we can kind of act on our own. You know, we don't need our primary caregiver right next to us to Mm -hmm. explore, to find new things, to find new toys. Um, We can now that we have this ability to crawl, right? Baby's got this new ability to kind of move away from mom and explore new things, right? What's the first thing babies do when they crawl, right? They're going straight for that electrical, electrical outlet. Yeah. <laughs> They're going straight that? to it. What is that? so interesting. Gotta touch it. Yeah. And it's because baby's starting to be curious and want to understand things and understand how they work. Um, so he's crawling over to that outlet to experience it for himself. And mm-hmm. he's got this independent plan that mom doesn't necessarily have to be a part of. Um, Um, and sometimes he gets there and sometimes he can't get there and those all of those experience are kind of Experiences are building up and becoming a part of his sense of self and what he knows about himself. What can he do? as this little tiny agent in the world and of course that grows and grows and grows over time and you can see how Right, in the beginning of level four, we're setting the groundwork for some really complex emotional development, right? Mm-hmm. Because baby's starting to get a sense of like, what's easy for me? What can I do? What 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 limitations do I have? And how can I am I do I get frustrated when I can't do something on my own? Mm-hmm. Do I get frustrated if I have to ask for mom's help? Or can I take pride and joy in the things that I do that I can do on my own? Right. So you know, young young babies, much younger than 10 months, have emotion and have feelings. But you can see at level four, we're, we're laying the foundation for this really complex emotional life, hmm. which I think is something that DIR does really, really beautifully. It really fl- frames the emotional life of the child in a way that some other frameworks, I think, struggle to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because... Some other frameworks might be more focused on observable skills and behaviors, Mm -hmm. whereas DIR is very, very much focused on kind of the inner life of the child. Um, And so it does this really great job of kind of understanding social and emotional development. And all of those things together are really kind of churning and and pushing and getting us up to that next level of development. We're pushing towards level five now. Mm -hmm. We've gotten all the way through four, starting at the bottom. We had regulation, engagement, reciprocity. Now we've added complex problem solving Mm -hmm. and the beginning of the sense of self. And we're working our way all the way up to this really, really magical level Level five, Um, it's got a lot of names, because again, a lot of things are coming together all at once. Um, One of them is emotional differentiation. Uh, We started to talk about that, um, really kind of having a varied emotional life and understanding what those different feelings feel like internally. So that's one part of level five. Another part of level five is language. So we really start to see um words and meanings really starting to come together in level five um, so we're thinking you know our good 12 months all the way to I don't know 18 months two years even mm-hmm. um, where kids are really starting to kind of understand their world through language mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and all of those things the, the emotions and the and the language are all really built on what we call um, symbolism and the the child's ability to symbolize, experiences that they've had in their life and kind of recall those experiences in their mind as a symbol Mm -hmm. and then we can label those symbols with words or with all kinds of different things you know Mm -hmm. so uh, it's a little bit heady and it's a little bit complex but i you know it's it's we can understand some of the some of the basics with a couple of examples i think so in level four we talked a lot about the um The the trial and error part right like all the pieces and parts that kind of come together with um, pulling these these longer interactions together and level four we think a, a very, very much about long chains of interaction back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and twists and turns at every corner, you know, but there are some interactions that happen in long chains over and over and over again in a baby's life, right? Things that happen that are a part of the daily routine and things that the baby really, really knows and expects. Like let's say changing his diaper, for Mm -hmm. example. This is something that happens to that baby every day, at least one time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Baby's gotta get a new diaper all the time and it's been happening since he was very, very little. Mm -hmm. So it's a routine that by the time he's 10, 11, 12 months old, This baby has seen a lot of times, right? He feels wet, he feels dirty, he's able to signal mom sometimes, even if it's just a cry. Mommy alerts to it, oh, you must be wet, let me feel. She feels or smells or does something to know that he needs a diaper change. And then what do we do? We go to the bathroom, we lie down, we get the diaper bag, every time we get the diaper bag, every time the pants come off, every time our diaper gets changed. Mm -hmm. Then we get a new fresh diaper, and we get some powder, some cream, and then we're all cleaned up, and then every time mommy gives me a kiss at the end. You know, Mm -hmm. It's the same routine every, every, every single time. And because now at level four, the baby's more in tune to those like long chains and the persistence factor and all the steps that come in through that process Um, the in in level five the baby is then able to kind of recall those long sequences even though they're not happening right even though they're not currently experiencing them he's been through that experience so many times Mm -hmm. that he's able to kind of recall what it's like in his mind to go through that experience and that's how we kind of see the the language piece kick in so Let's say the baby is wet and typically he has to kind of like cry to let mom know that he's wet and then mom has to come over and she's got to smell it and then we got to take the pants off and we got to do the whole thing again. But instead, baby can just kind of recall that sequence and say poopy or Mm -hmm. diaper or he can say some word that lets mom know we can skip that whole charade and just get straight to the business, you know, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, because he's got that sequence kind of laid into his mind so well. Got it. Which is why we see words in initially in language development, we see words that kids are that they experience every day. Those are the first words that kids always start to say. Milk, potty, potty. pee pee, mm-hmm. mommy, daddy, certain games that they play all the time, mm-hmm. right? No kid ever says like random words for the very first time. That's very exercise. rare exercise. <laughs> very random word to say. Uh, probably because most parents don't have time for exercise and it's not a part of their daily routine <laughs> number
0: one word no <laughs>
1: um so is that is that kind of coming together mm-hmm. at least a little bit mm-hmm. i know it's a little psychological right but... well
0: i think what's interesting in my learning of dir is that it's doesn't it's not so much i know it's built on like levels and like here's the structure of it but it feels a lot more like a recipe than it does a like step one two and three Mm. um where you have to like cook this first then you add this and then you add this in order for you to like (coughs) end up with your finished product (laughs) or get to the end because it's more you still have to like if you're making this one thing, the potatoes are still in the yeah. in in it. They were there it's, from the beginning. It's a part. They yep. had to be there, cooked from the beginning. So <laughs> that's a weird analogy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's how I like envision it. Is that mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. your your level one remains your level one and is involved in everything through your level five through exactly. adulthood.
1: Exactly. Yes, that's a really really important point to remember and to remind ourselves as clinicians as parents as anyone who interacts with children um that that is a real core tenet of dir that you know we're working with these things all the time with these levels all the time we're experiencing them all the time um and they really do build from the bottom up mm-hmm. and It's not so much that if one is completely missing, like if the potatoes are completely missing, you might still end up with some kind of dish, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to end up with something, but it might be missing the potatoes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think other programs out there that are less developmental require kids to do things that might be more Mm age-appropriate but might be missing the potatoes, right? right? They're missing what's underneath.
0: If potatoes are the base... (laughs) We gotta cook the potato.
1: You gotta have a potato. Yeah, that was a great analogy. Yeah, I think that that, that makes a lot of sense. It resonates with the model. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I think that's just something that we need to to remind ourselves about it. You know, we can't hold ourselves. We can't blame ourselves for kind of moving too fast or moving too forward because sometimes that's just what has to happen. Right. But just remind yourselves that we might be a- having really high demands of kids sometimes. And they just might not be able to do that without the base to kind of support it from the foundation. Right, right. And, and that's what this work is all about. When I am you know, doing an assessment, I might ask a child a certain kind of question or ask him to do some kind of play skill or something. And then if he's not able to, then I take it down a notch and I see if he's able to do it at a lower level of development. Mm-hmm. And then again at a lower level development if he's not able to. And then I find out what what level of development are we working at here? And mm-hmm. then once I find that, what kinds of skills and how can I We use this word a lot in DIR, tailoring the interaction. What can I do to this interaction to tailor it to your specific needs to kind of boost you back up Mm -hmm. the ladder, back up towards development.
0: Right, individual.
1: Individual differences. That's Mm -hmm. where the I really comes in. Yeah, so that that really opens the door to, to thinking about individual differences, which I would love to kind of do another conversation like this with Micaiah and some of the other OTs Mm -hmm. on the team uh, because that's you know really their expertise and where where they're living is really unpacking that individual profile and and learning about the the very very unique ways that kids walk through the world right and how we can kind of embrace that and learn what their profile is and in some in some other cases kind of tweak the profile so that life can be easier for them Mm -hmm. and easier for them to experience the world around them and in other ways how we can just embrace what their profile is and and get to know how this child experiences the world
0: we've done one podcast on on visual Mm -hmm. on the visual um
1: system system,
0: which was similar kind of talking a little bit about that and what Mm -hmm. that looks like But I think there's so much to cover. There's uh, literally every day there's something that comes up at Leap that we could be listening in on for sure. (laughs) so interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah, Um, And then, you know, thinking just about system by system, you know, you can really unpack all the different ways that. Um, Our eyes interact with our brain to kind of let us know what's going on in the world visually. Mm -hmm. And then we could do a whole nother thing just in our ears and how our auditory system works. And then just on how our tactile system works and how we feel the world around us. But then after all that, we still need to think about how all of those things work together. You know, how does our auditory system talk to our visual system Mm -hmm. to let us know what's going on in the world together at the same time? Um, Rosemary White is a, a, a DIR and trainer and guru and this amazing clinician out of Seattle. And she, she's an occupational therapist and she talks about the sensory processing system being kind of like an orchestra, right? Uh, we, can, we can look at just the woodwinds or we can look at just the strings, um, but the real meat of the picture is in, in the whole orchestra together and how they're able to be in sync. Mm-hmm. Are they able to kind of work all together to create music?
0: And if you have those brass section just going crazy, <laughs> it's, it's gonna, gonna throw work. off the whole thing.
1: It's gonna throw off the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I love that analogy and it, it really helps us it, really it reminds makes, us makes to, so much sense. to to not be so narrowly focused on one system at a time. Now of course we need to to have that level of detail so that we can understand that system mm-hmm. and think about ways to tweak it and to help kids. Um but pulling out and thinking about how all of the system work systems work together in harmony is is where the the real money is, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: It makes so much sense. Yeah. Well, are there any specific resources other than what we shared with um, our first round as far as Perfectum Parent Toolbox? And you might
1: have to remind me what exactly we talked about. But I
0: think we talked mainly the Perfectum Parent Toolbox. I think you shared a couple books, okay, um, as well that we can post on the website some links to those sure. um that you would recommend specifically for like these levels or things that mm-hmm. you can that you would they may not be dir books specific, but like specific sure. but things that you could think of that kind of focus on complex problem solving mm-hmm. or things that you it's okay if the answer is no but if there are yeah specific i mean resources. the answer
1: might be no but that's just because you know, like like your point before that we're all experiencing these levels at, at the all points time, in our yeah. life all the time and there might be a really great book for how young babies are working at level four but that's going to be totally different about how adolescents and college students are right. working at level four um, and so there, there's lots of different ways to kind of look at it but we can we can definitely think some more about some books and
0: we can post some links on mm-hmm. our on com. yeah for sure leap forward is a pediatric developmental therapeutic clinic with daily preschool through fifth grade programming operating in chicago leap features experts in occupational therapy speech and language pathology physical therapy social work developmental therapy behavioral therapy and early intervention to speak with the professionals you heard today or talk to someone about your child you can find us at leapforward.com. that's l-e-e-p forward.com